I walked up. I went, do you want to dance with me? And she goes, nope. And then walked the other way, dude. They say home is where the heart is. So I wonder why your motherfucker always feeling heartless. Welcome to another episode of Doubly Negative. As always, I'm Chris here with my friend Kyle. Kyle, how are you? I am. You am? I am. I, I think therefore I am. <laughs> okay. Here, so I I am. Go, you am? Um, you're probably noticing that I sound pretty raspy. That's because we, we, we done switched the schedules this time. It's morning time for me and it is nighttime for Kyle. Um, yep. We've only done this one other time, right? I think so. That sounds right. I think so. I don't mind it. I don't mind it. Got me out of bed a little earlier than I normally would have. Would have just laid down and, you know, relaxed. But I'm up, ready to go, ready to rock and roll. But that comes with the raspy voice. It'd be interesting to see if that um, that raspy voice tra- transforms throughout the episode. Because for me, it it doesn't usually last an hour. I have the same thing, the morning voice. And I don't know when it goes away, but definitely goes away at some point yeah i didn't want to say it but your voice is sounding extra clean right now silky smooth like your voice is warmed up i've been up for at least two or three hours so did you did you take a nap no i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) this is how long you normally sleep if you don't have to record that day you just wake up at 9 p.m yeah that's a (laughs) kyle wakes up too late joke but not that late uh, I like it. Um, so last episode, we kind of talked about how we were both in funks almost. Um, you depression-wise, me anxiety-wise, and I had kind of had an idea that it might be because, you know, we haven't had a guest list episode in a couple weeks. Um, personally, I've noticed that my anxiety is a little lessened. Since we've had our conversation, um, I don't know if I can point it directly to the conversation or if it just naturally going away, but uh, feeling a lot better this week, anxiety wise. I'll take credit for that. Yep. As as you should. Yeah, of course. And how how have you been since the last time we chatted? (sighs) It's tough to say exactly. Definitely not like way better. Yeah still kind of struggling a little bit little bit but um i think i think it had an effect a little bit getting stuff out with you yeah as long as long as i could help a little bit that makes me happy you know i'll take i'll take credit for that yeah and um i was just talking to tika a little bit and i was saying i'm a little bit tired you know i probably the same feeling you have too it's, it's like it's, it's never that i don't want to do the podcast but it's just like it's more effort than not doing it right? yeah yeah of course and she's like well you'll feel better it's like well, yeah yeah it's true yeah yeah i mean it's like that like we know exercising is going to make us feel better but sometimes we're just in moods where it's exactly. like nope so i mean it is what it is um the people hold us accountable you know they do we got people that listen to this weekly, and uh, we're here for you guys. Um, I found out about a new listener, by the way. Oh, who is it? 
No, we don't need to call him out. Is it someone I know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Someone I haven't talked to one-on-one in quite a long time. And we caught up and he was just telling me that he listened to a couple episodes. And, uh, oh, this is actually an interesting feeling I I could bring up. I'm interested to hear how you feel about that when someone you know personally listens to the podcast. Because for me, my first feeling is embarrassment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. I've I've had a few people like at work be like, hey, I listen to the podcast and and then I get nervous. Yeah. I'm like, "Uh uh-oh. I don't know. I don't, we kind of let it fly uh, as far as personal feelings and stuff. So that kind of gets me a little nervous, but I don't know. Exactly. And I, 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 I do like talking about it, though. Talking about the podcast with other people? Yeah. At, at first, it's like, oh, you do? Oh, all right. Cool. Mm. Cool. You took time out of your day to listen. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, my feeling was similar. It, it started out as like my initial reaction is embarrassment. And then it kind of subsides into that. Like, yeah, that's cool. But I realized that um, maybe it's interesting. I don't know. But I think the idea of a lot of people that I don't know listening doesn't bother me at all. I think a majority of the people that listen are people we don't know. And that doesn't bother me. But no. someone that I do know, for some reason, it has that little, that little ping of embarrassment or shame. And I was thinking about it. I wonder if it's because... I think we grow into these roles with people like with different friends or your different, different family members, you develop this kind of style of being with them. You tell certain things to, to them. You, you don't tell them certain things. And then you, you develop this idea of who you think they think you are, if that makes sense. And then questioning that or challenging that in some way it might be uncomfortable and it might be the same way i don't know if you've ever had this experience but sometimes i'll like compartmentalize like if i've got like one good friend and then i've got another good friend and they don't know each other the idea of them like meeting like the three of us hanging out could be uncomfortable do, do you know what i'm talking about at all oh yeah i um i used to be a big proponent of not mixing friend groups yeah, and that's strange, isn't it? Yeah, you never know how other people are going to mesh. Mm. You know, especially now that we're adults and people have strong political opinions and you're like, I hope they don't say this in front of that person. That would be touchy. Well, there's definitely some of that, but I was thinking too, it might be like kind of an identity thing. Because for example, like back in high school, I uh, definitely had a couple of distinct friend groups where, you know, it was like Steve, Dave, Derek, Biggs too. Yep. And then, um, you know, the cross country guys and then what different groups. And I, I would kind of act differently in different groups and maybe like inside jokes or little mannerisms and things. And I guess when you bring those different groups together, you know, which mannerisms do you use and which don't you use? Like you, you would, you would think maybe I'll look stupid if I say this type of thing. That's it's like funny in our group, but it's weird in this group. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think it comes down to like a comfort level. Mm. And I mean, those inside jokes, obviously they're, they're called inside jokes for a reason. 
someone's not going to understand them. And on the surface, it is weird. But to you guys, it's not because you understand the joke. I think that all comes down to just a comfort level with a certain person. As comfortable as you might think you are with one person, it's yeah, just true. different. It's just different. Mm. And especially when things like inside jokes getting tossed around, you they're weird. Sometimes they're fucking weird. Like you say something and it doesn't make any sense, but the other person gets it. And that's all right. It doesn't mean you're less of friends with this person. They just don't, they're not in on it. How are they supposed to know? Yeah. I think also talking about this, I'm kind of picturing and reliving my feelings when I was younger. I don't think it's as much of a thing now, maybe if at all, but um, definitely in high school, I think I was kind of more of a chameleon where maybe I would kind of act in a certain way because I wanted people to like me. Yes. You, um, you shape to what the person you're hanging out with is going to like, you think is going to like more. Yeah. And I, I think, think a lot I of people can more, relate to that. Yeah. I think I had more anxiety about that where I would be more worried if, for example, if I'm hanging out with, you who I see in this setting and then I'm hanging out with Dave who I see in another setting I'm some part of me uh would be worried that both of you are kind of judging me every moment yeah that type of kind of self-consciousness that I, I definitely I'm sure I still have it to some degree but not like I did before I definitely had that really bad when I was younger well if you think about it this way especially with anxiety and you know wanting to please everybody when you bring uh, two friend groups together the common factor is you exactly yeah so you have this feeling of oh all eyes on me i gotta play court jester and i gotta you know please both of these people to keep my social status up with both of them exactly and then um you and i are probably similar in this way but you're always trying to make sure everyone's okay you want to please everybody. So yeah, that might be the inside joke thing or like the little mannerisms too. You want to, you don't want to leave anybody out. So maybe you're, you're kind of not truly being yourself. You're cutting off a part of yourself because you don't want to alienate anyone. You're, you're trying to be the, the, the least common denominator or whatever by pandering to both at the same time. Yeah. You just, turn into a pandering son of a bitch yeah it sucks yeah i mean i do relate to that where it's like oh i gotta make sure everyone feels included like even i remember in social settings where say if at like a show or something back in the day if i saw someone that wasn't like as comfortable with the group and like we were all chatting i would always make it a point to like try to talk to that person and be like hey what are you like bring them in on the conversation because i hate seeing people standing there wanting to be involved but waiting for an in i because i know that feeling personally it's it's a terrible feeling where you're sitting there like twiddling your thumbs just going <laughs> and not having a chance to speak because you know you don't know everyone as well so i even do it now it's not as often because i never leave my house i don't like doing stuff uh but I uh, always I always make it a point to bring that person into the conversation. 
Totally. Yeah. That's a, uh, that's a very nice thing of you to do. And I know exactly what you're talking about because I've definitely been there and I've done the same thing as you too, that little bit of charity. There's nothing worse than when there's a group of people, like maybe five or six or something. And like four of them seem comfortable and at ease and they're having fun. And then the fifth one is just a little bit off the rhythm. And you can tell, like you're saying, you can tell that person wants to be involved and maybe they'll even make jokes or say something and nobody even responds. It's like, they're not there. Yeah. And that's just like, Oh, that kills me inside to be that person. And to see that too. Cause it is the worst feeling ever. Mm, it's terrible. And everyone's been there. Yeah. I wonder if other people notice this or if we're just hyper-focused on things because we're fucking weird. Probably a little bit of both, even though they, they're not, they don't work together. <laughs> yeah, yeah I don't but know. If people are realizing that and they're not including these people in the group, it's almost like they're intentionally not giving a fuck. Mm. I don't like that. I don't like that. Well, to be fair, I've done that too. Fuck you, dude. <laughs> yeah i i'm trying to recall specific examples it's kind of like a weird cloud of a memory in my mind i just i i remember hmm. not necessarily purposely excluding someone but it's like sometimes you're having fun the people you're with are having fun and this other person's just not on on the same level and so you're saying you're on you a just, higher level than them. So you're saying exactly, they're, low, they're, lower, exactly they're I mean. lower than you is what you're saying. They're Keep not going. as good as me. Yeah. Keep going holier than thou, Kyle. No, it's like, okay, so actually I can put it this way. What you're saying you've done and what I've done too by including them is actually a little bit fucked up from a certain perspective because right. it's kind of condescending. No, we're just trying to have everyone have a good time. It's not condescending. Yeah, but you have to put in extra effort to do it. It's almost like they're handicapped or something, like you're assisting them in the conversation. In those situations, I mean, you do have a social handicap if you're not as comfortable with the rest of the group. Yeah, and here you are, all high and mighty, Mr. Prince, helping out the less fortunate, socially anxious person. Look at you. How good do you feel about yourself in those instances? Good, because I'm that guy. (laughs) I'm socially handicapped. I need assistance sometimes, and I'm going out today. I'll probably need it tonight. Have you ever felt that too? Um, if someone's ever, if you've ever had the roles reversed and you felt like that, and then somebody kind of <laughs> imagine being like, "Dude, I don't fucking need you. Don't, don't exactly. ask me a question." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I'm gonna be thinking about that tonight if someone tries to lend me a, a social hand. I'm gonna be like, "What are you doing tonight?" Oh, we're going to PVD Fest. PVD Providence Fest. Yeah. It's like a it's like a big block party. They shut down a big section of the city. There's like music, local vendors, food stuff. So it'll be a good time. It'll be very crowded. And I'm sure I'll hate it at first until I have like a drink or two and then I loosen up because there's one thing I hate, it's being in large crowds. I do not. Uh, Is that you? I was going to say, you're going to get drunk. I'm going to have to. Yeah. I don't like being in like large crowds. Um, I don't like being in busy places. Yeah. I don't even know if it's an anxiety thing. It's just, I don't want to wait in line for anything. 
Mm-hmm. Fuck that. That's just not me. When people are like, oh, we got to go here. It's great. Like, it's going to be a huge party. And it's like, I got to wait in line for a half hour just to get in. No. Nope. Not doing it. There's nothing worth. Nope. I mean, I'm sure there are certain things, but. I mean, even for example, like we used to go like me, Pete, Costa, Sudo, that whole crew. We used to go to like Harpoon Fest sometimes, and it was always a good time. I feel like we'd have more fun before than when we were actually in the uh, the actual event. Hmm. We'd wait in line for like an hour to get in. And then there would be, you know, obviously Harpoon Beer, free plug, Harpoon Fest. And then we'd get in the event to wait in more lines to get beer and very large lines because so many people are there. Oh, guess what? You really have to go to the bathroom like it's an emergency. You got to wait in a pretty long line to do that, too. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when I was younger, I was more like, yeah, cool, let's do it. But old cynical Chris is like, fuck that. I don't know to be around people. I don't know. Just hang out with my group of friends. Let's just do that somewhere where it's just us. I don't want to. I'm just not in that headspace where I want to do that stuff anymore. Like at all. I can't imagine doing that again. I feel that. Um, I've definitely had the same experience as you, what being younger and, and beer fest came to my mind too, actually uh, the same type of thing. I think my personal perception of those events especially as a younger guy and single was they were, they were kind of like these exciting opportunities Mm. where I might break out of my shell, talk to new people and especially meet girls. Yeah. That's always, that was always the thought for me when I was younger and single, but socially awkward, social anxiety never happened. I went through periods where I tried so hard <laughs> um and <laughs> there were t- and and alcohol was hugely involved uh there there was years during college and like not no i wasn't even drinking in high school maybe a little bit at the end but anyway yeah like my, my group of friends in college would go to these things and we would get bombed and then sometimes i would have the courage to start talking to random people and sometimes I would have an absolute blast. It was like, it was like if I could get over that hurdle of talking to just like a couple random people in a row, it was like, I could just unlock this social side of me. And then I wasn't afraid anymore. And I could just talk to people. I would have so much fun sometimes. Yeah. Um, and then other times I just couldn't do it at all. I would just be in my head and I, I would hate it. And now I don't think I've, I think I've, I've become the same, like, like you, like, I don't see it the same way anymore. I mean, I'm in a relationship. You're you're married, so we, you know we're not going to meet girls. No, I and feel like you your your want to open up your social cir- circle leaves as you get older. To a large extent, yeah, yeah, yeah. So 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 now, yeah, large groups of people before they represented opportunities, and now that opportunity is almost entirely removed i'm not gonna fucking strike up a conversation with a random guy or something no because what does that it, conversation do for me nothing i might like, enjoy the conversation yeah. but that's where the, where the where it ends 
And then when you take that away, all you're left with is the negatives, which you've already mentioned, the, the claustrophobic feeling, the hassle, parking, if applicable, oh, long lines. God damn it. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's a bit of a hassle. So that, that I'm canceling my plans tonight. Yeah, I was about to say, why are you going? Because uh, uh, I'm going with some friends that I don't really see that often, but love dearly. So they're going, I'm okay. going to go. Um. I don't know, just the large crowds, especially living in the U.S. You never know if something's going to pop off, right? Luckily, thank God it's not a school. <laughs> so fucked up that that even has to be in people's heads, dude. It really is. But alcohol really is magical. Mm-hmm. Um, sure is. Because it's a social lubricant. Yeah. I haven't used it as extensively as I used to, but sometimes when you drink enough everything gets real fun yeah yeah it's crazy um so i kind of want to we're gonna poke into the days of single chris and kyle and i kind of want to make fun of myself a little bit um so single kyle were you able to ever like approach females in person at a bar and start chatting Chris, I, I'm surprised we never talked about this. I made it a project. We may have talked about it, but give me a refresher. <laughs> oh, yeah, we did. We did because uh, that letter referenced it. Oh, uh, yeah. Learning social skills online. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I might be seeing him today. Oh, really? Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, there was a point think early college where i realized that i had a deficiency socially or like uh, i had too much fear and it was impeding my ability to to find mates chris and uh yeah i did look up social skills online fucking kill me yeah and uh, kill me that's a reference yep and uh the 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 basic advice online was you got to just do it just like anything else you got to learn jujitsu you got to fucking roll and uh to learn to talk to girls you gotta just talk to girls so you had, to, was, you had to put in the mat time that's right and it was probably the hardest thing i've ever done was practicing that but i actually i don't know if i've ever mentioned this i might never mention this i i would do it a little bit in college and i, I never told anyone that this was what i was doing i never told them hey i googled this stuff and I realized you got to talk to girls. So I would just get bombed and then I would just go talk to girls. And I'm sure it looked really weird to my friends because nobody did that. Yeah. But um, anyway, the, the, the turning point was when I moved to Texas and I didn't, there was a period where, uh, was this the second time? Yeah, it must've been the second time. Anyway, there was a, like an online forum for this type of stuff. And uh forget what happened exactly maybe there was a post it was like austin texas and i connected with this guy um and he said do you want to go out and talk to girls together and i met him and that's exactly what we did and he became one of my best friends for years <laughs> really in contact with him yeah and we would we just take it together we just go to bars and just um he was the same as me too we wouldn't even get drunk anymore but we were just like really into self-improvement really into getting better socially working on our social skills so we would go out, we wouldn't even drink, and we would be together. We'd both be scared as fuck. Everybody's scared. 
even this guy who was really experienced, he was scared. And he would just say, go talk to her. I would get rejected or the conversation fizzles out or whatever. And I would say to him, go talk to her. And we would just do that. Did you have any success? Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, in terms of like success, success rate, it's uh, abysmally low, but, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just cast in a wide net and bring it in, whatever it catches. But the thing I realized, and um, this was kind of like the hidden thing that people wouldn't think of. It's like the real success wasn't even meeting girls and, and getting laid or whatever. It was actually getting over that social anxiety and the fear. And I did develop a lot of confidence from that, probably more than anything else I've ever done in my life actually like me and him going out and conquering our fears like that i felt like invincible like yeah it, it was it was awesome see i've never done that and that's probably why i still have crippling social anxiety <laughs> i think i think it's actually really powerful I, I really do i don't know if michelle would like if i tried that exercise now yeah how are you gonna do that <laughs> no I, I can't so i guess social anxiety is just on the scorecard forever um <laughs> yeah yeah, I've only, when I was single, I th think I tried talking to a girl in person one time. Tell the story. It's a very short one. Uh, I was blackout drunk. So when we used to go up to like Brighton and hang with that crew, Pete Costa Ryan, um, we would like competitively drink. Mm -hmm. Like really, it was really, really bad. Um, like 10 shots before we left the, the house bad. Um, and it was always like, you didn't take, you no, 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 you didn't take that. Like you, you've drank with those guys before. Um, so it was just guys being fucking idiots with alcohol involved. And I was blackout drunk at the bar. It was like a dance place. And I was like, I'm going to go ask this girl to dance. I walked up, I went. Do you want to dance with me? And she goes, nope. And then walk the other way, dude. <laughs> and that's the story of Chris asking girls to dance and talk. That's that, the whole anthology. That's it. That's entire... the story of it. Wow. Yeah. So, so my E-game girls... was always on point, though. E-game. I-game? Internet game? E-game? Isn't that? Yeah, E-game. I don't know. Yeah. Okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, dating apps, you know, social media interactions. That's where I thrive, where I, my face isn't, I'm not there facing the rejection. Um, so, yeah, social anxiety. <laughs> I, I can't talk to people face-to-face. -face. Uh, like, to the point where I, uh, like, I can't, if someone's like, hey, you want to meet at a bar? I'm like, how's the parking? there's a parking situation i'm already thinking about like do i have to parallel park because i get anxiety parallel parking because i don't want to hold anyone up i don't want people watching me do stuff and then i have i get nervous about walking into the bar and then finding that person and then being by myself and looking like a like an idiot yeah. we've talked about that before um yeah and this this thing in particular i think it's interesting because we call it social anxiety and i think that's accurate but i think it's I think it's the norm in this specific instance rather than abnormal, which is um, 
the ability to go up and talk to a stranger. I don't think if you had a distribution of, of all the people, I think most, if not damn near all people cannot do that. And I think a lot of people think they can, they like to think, have this idea in their head of, oh yeah, I can do that. But uh, in my experience of just going out with so many different friends and um, girls and guys, I, I've seen this a lot with girls. They'll say, oh, that guy's, that guy's cute. Can you go talk to him? Uh, no, of course not. Yeah. And guys, every guy I've ever gone out with, except like, except guys that have specifically made it a goal to be able to do it. Nobody can do it. So I, I don't know if, is that still social anxiety or is it just like, that's a hard thing to do? I don't know. But um, most of the people that I know that are good at like, or like we're good. I don't really hang out with many people that are even single now um, that were good at talking to the opposite sex or the sex of their choice. Um, they were good at just striking up conversations with anybody. It's almost like when you remove the whole, okay, this is what I'm here for. And they're willing to have conversations with just anybody. And they're not doing it for the sake of, you know, meeting someone to get in their pants. Um, it kind of takes that anxiety away for them, I guess. So I saw like a lot of people that um, were just good at talking to people in general. A lot though because my, my hypothesis is that it's actually very rare no it's no it is, it is very rare like i know a handful of people that like if they're at the bar they'll just start talking to the person next to them like striking up a conversation with the bar and then all right see you guys later like they're just good at talking to people in general yeah yeah it's funny too because i've been like that so i wonder if other people have been out with me and thought that i was like that that I was just like, but, but no, it's always been a, like a, like a concerted effort. I know I sound like a sociopath right now, but, yeah. um, but that's, that does not come naturally to me, but it's something that with practice is, is possible. Um, but, but I do think there are, there are people that are just naturally like that. And uh, I definitely envy the shit out of them. That would be awesome to just naturally be like that. Yeah. I think, I think for me, it also depends on like, at what point in my life am I at? So now I, I have low self-confidence and um, that probably plays a big factor in me just striking up conversations and being a social butterfly, for lack of a better word. So when I was younger and I was working at a restaurant, waiting on tables in the best shape of my life, great hairline, I was like way more willing to talk go out have these conversations and maybe it comes down to like for me with the uh, lack of self-confidence almost hiding myself em embarrassed of what i am now versus what i was before i think you brought up a couple of very important things with what we're talking about there and uh one of them is definitely what you just said what you finished with is definitely the self-confidence thing um but i think maybe more important and maybe maybe this one actually causes the other one is when you were waiting tables and stuff that's almost like you were at jujitsu every day yeah practicing um yeah and that's that's an interesting one because it's kind of forced upon you you were forced to interact with i don't know dozens if not hundreds of people every day and what that's doing <coughs> is um when you're doing that, 
you're interacting with all these new people and every single time you interact with someone new and nothing bad happens, that is a little bit, it lowers your anxiety a little bit. It's, it's proving to yourself nothing bad is going to happen. Yeah, you're going to be okay. Now, yeah, exactly. And then if you do the opposite, if you just stay inside, like, like what happened with COVID, um, you just stay inside all the time. You don't have that proof anymore in your head. And, and now all of a sudden interacting with people is scary again. Um, so yeah, both of those things are very important, but I think the concept of social momentum, especially um, it's like, I, I know for myself, if I'm out and doing things, it's, it's exponentially easier uh, to talk to people. Whereas if I've just been in my room for two days, the idea of going and meeting a new person, like fuck that. Yeah. Awful. If, if, I think a lot of it has to do with just self-confidence for, for me. It's probably different for a lot of people, but just the lack of self-confidence and hating my image, I guess. But last time we talked, you were running every day and taking your shirt off. I was never taking my shirt off. No, no, no. In With my wife. In your own home. Yeah. Yes. With my wife, yeah. She... She sleeps next to this naked slob every night. Yeah, but you were doing it in a, in a boastful, humorous, uh, albeit humorous, but, but still a boastful manner. Jokingly boastful, because it's very obvious that what I'm saying is not correct. Okay. That's why. It was like, it's funny because of how wrong it is. Me walking around saying I've got a runner's body is hilarious to me, because it's nowhere near a runner's body. <laughs> yeah, that, that wasn't an actual confidence thing. Yeah, okay, that was yeah. So, I mean, still running. Last week was a little slower. I think I ran once or twice, but um, still at it. Can't but your wait confidence for confidence is still super low. Yeah, until one person says, "Hey, you losing weight?" It's gonna be low. I think you are losing weight, though. You're saying that now. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> once like someone says that to me, I will think in my head, what I'm doing is working. Someone's noticing it. This is good. Keep doing that. Does it matter who says it to you? If, if nope. Michelle says it to you, she's lying. If she says it, it has to be someone else. Exactly. <laughs> yep. She's lying. Even if she's not lying, it feels like she's lying, right? Yeah. You're trying to pump my tires. It needs to come from yeah. someone else. Yeah. Yep. Someone that doesn't care about my mental well-being or know what's going on in my head at all times during the day needs to say it. An objective observer. Yeah. Just, oh, hey, yep. you look like you're dropping a few pounds. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can't wait to tell people how easy it was. You know, you just got to get out there and do it, man. That's it. I'm just going to be that you, guy. <laughs> you haven't gotten the opposite, though, in a while, right? Like the, the hey, big guy? I haven't gotten that in a while. No. But I just like to pretend that guy said that because I'm Jack. Shit. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. 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 But it'll come. It'll come. I just got to keep doing it. The thing I got to get the diet back on track, though. It's not. Ah. Uh, it isn't. It isn't. I'll have a salad uh, for lunch, and then you know, three steak sandwiches when I get home for dinner. I don't know. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, I uh, my mine hasn't been 
yeah, I'm, I'm all over the place. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, but I feel like your weight doesn't fluctuate, you know? Incorrect. Like a lot? Like, yeah, like me? Well, I, I was 155. A lot more. I was 155 when I met my wife. That's which a is, long time ago. Yeah, but I shouldn't be where I'm at now. Oh, uh, dude, you want to talk about fluctuations? Like, I was, I was one. I was actually 145 cutting for a jiu-jitsu tournament in Texas. And I was also 200 and something uh, near the end of college. So if we're going to go like lifetime adult fluctuations, yeah, I'm in there too. Okay. Yeah, you are. You are. I stand yeah. corrected. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in there. Yeah. Even my doctor, uh, I, I brought this up. My doctor was like, whoa, you were like 30 pounds lighter last year. I was like, yes, sure was. <laughs> sure was. So what, yeah, what is your, what is your average fluctuation now over the, over the last couple of years? What is, what is the high point and what is the low point? High point. You're looking at it, baby. Yeah. Like 230. You're 230. Yeah. All of it. Damn. Big boy. 30. Big Chrissy. Yep. Yep. But you're pretty damn tall too. How, how tall are you? Like six foot. Okay. But, well, you don't, I mean, I, you don't look what, like what I perceive 230 as. Like when I think 230, I think like Burt Kreischer. You don't look like Burt Kreischer. Good. That <laughs> makes me feel better. Yeah. Um, so I would like to be ideally. Well, actually, I'm not 230 anymore. I was before. I was 235. And now okay. I'm like 220, high 220s. So ideally, I would like to be like 180. Well, you are losing weight. Yeah, but it's just been a tough battle. It's, a, it's an uphill climb, Kyle. Oh, I know. I know. I'll get there. It's my fault. I'm in this situation. I ate my way in. I can walk my way out. My sister and I were talking to just just uh just texting, but I think she summed up my feelings pretty well too because she she said like she wants to lose weight, hmm. and she just said, but there's so many delicious foods. Yeah, dude, I get that all the time where it's like, oh, you gotta you want to lose weight, you gotta do this, and then I think like I don't want to like keep myself from things I enjoy. I'm gonna die one day. You know, Man, and I, I want I think, to. Yeah, I love food. I love food. Clearly, I love food. I think that conflict, and I got it too. I think most people have it to some degree. It's like that's not gonna allow you to to reach a goal weight and maintain it. Uh, I, I I don't even. Man, I don't I don't know exactly, but I guess what I'm what I'm responding to more is my own my own struggle which you probably have too is like my own motivation and drives will change drastically throughout the day every day so for an hour or two i might have this idea like oh i really got to get in shape this is what i want and then that'll just decrease significantly and i'll be like well i really want to eat this yeah <laughs> and and i can diet tomorrow Yep, and it is that uh, it's that ambivalence that that conflict of feelings that will just not allow long term 
success in no. that regard. I feel um, like it has to be a mindset change rather than, I don't know. You just have to change your mindset that you have to. So for example, when I did the keto diet um, and I did it for, I think a little over a month, I wasn't seeing food as like, Oh, I need to have that. I can't wait to eat that. That's going to taste so good. It sounds like corny and like very cliche, but I was seeing food more as just a fuel source. This is just to keep my body going and something I need to do. I wasn't seeing it as this is going to be a delicious meal. I was seeing it as this is just a source of energy. How do you think you activate that mindset? Getting in a habit. That's all. Um, yeah. And when you're on a diet, when all you can eat is meat and no carbs, I think you're, uh, you're not really looking forward. You hate ground beef by the end of it. I haven't had ground beef since my last stint with keto. Like I'll eat burgers, but just having like ground beef in a bowl, I can't do it anymore. I did keto for a while and I would make a delicious meal. I would, I could go for it right now. Actually, I would take it's chicken breast. Okay, go ahead. Saute it. Mm-hmm. Oh, actually, I'm sorry. I would start with bacon. So oh, I'd cook yeah. bacon in the frying pan. And then I would cook the chicken breast in the bacon grease. And then I would top it with mozzarella and uh, sauteed mushrooms and onions too, also sauteed in the bacon grease. So that's just pretty much pure fat, a little bit of protein. But um, I I think keto might be the diet for me just because you can eat like a fat fuck and you still lose weight. I was losing weight. I would go to Wendy's, get a Baconator, throw the buns off and eat it. I was losing weight doing that. It's something. (sighs) Maybe, but you do still have to count calories that way. Yeah. I mean, that, that would be like all I ate that day. I would have like a small yeah. snack afterwards. But um, maybe that's – maybe I become Chrissy Keto again. I would, I would like to see it. That would be a fun journey to document. I think it's such a stupid fucking diet, though. Yeah. I'm so anti-keto, but it works. It's just such a dumb fucking diet. Like, you can't not have carbs. You can. I feel like it's like health-wise, like long-term people on keto, like it fucks you up. It's it's not a good diet for your body. I don't know if that's true. I'm sure if you Google it, you'll find answers that support both hypotheses. You will. Yeah. Who's who's um, is right? We don't know. Yeah, I, I can just offer a kind of a middle of the road, but leaning towards keto's fine idea. And that's like when you really look at all the, the consequences of dieting or, or, or poor diet, rather, you know, heart disease, diabetes, and all these things, it comes from mostly the people that are just not on any sort of a strict diet. Yeah, because it's a lack of diet. That's just everything. I'm on the everything diet. Whatever you got, I want. So if you're on a keto diet and you're just eating less calories, it's got to be preferable to the standard eat whatever the fuck I want diet. It just has yeah. to be. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. The we'll default see. is yes. I'll think about it. I'll think about it. It's tough because I'm the chef in the house and I do got to prepare food for the lovely wife. Mm. I'm the cook. Oh, dude. Um, 
there's not normally any foods or anything like that that I can't get here that I miss, mm-hmm. but there is now because I haven't eaten cereal in years. It's just not something I do. Yeah. And I, I, for some reason, I picked up a box and like, I like cereal now. It's weird. You're but, a big cereal guy? Ah, it is it. good because I had a similar crave situation it. like within the last couple of weeks because Michelle likes cereal and I was like, what the fuck you eat cereal for? You know, she'll just have that. Like if she's like, ah, I don't want to cook a bowl of cereal, bowl of cereal mm-hmm. honey on it or something, some peanut butter maybe. I mean, yeah. you can do what you want. Yeah, but well, I, I tried it and I was like, whoa, cereal's fucking good. <laughs> what cereal? It was uh, Captain Crunch. Oh, that's a good one. That is a good one. A good one. It, it wasn't the peanut butter crunch. Peanut butter crunch is elite. She, she doesn't know. She she gets the plain Jane stuff. You go. I'm, I'm interested to hear what your cereal. My favorite of all time, which I can't get here. Actually, I haven't Googled it. I, I'm, I'm going to Google it, but I really want it so bad. Can you guess? I'll, I'll, give, you, I'll give you three chances to guess my favorite cereal of all time. Raisin Brand Crunch. That's actually a really good guess, and not many people would guess that. But I, I, I went through a long period of Raisin Bran Crunch. Um, Raisin Bran Crunch is so fucking good. Really good. It's, it's, it's the not crunch. Like, the oats are so good. I, I had that exact one. It's really good, but that's not that's not it. But good guess. I was going to go with the worst cereal of all time and guess that as a joke. Honey Smacks. I don't believe I've ever had that one. With the frog on the front? Yeah, and I know of it. And that's, that's stupid. I would never get that. You go, that's stupid. <laughs> um, cookies and uh, um, cookie O's. What is it? Cookie crisps. Those are good. Those are okay. But this is not number one. I get one last, one last, one, kick of the, one last kick of the can. <sighs> Special K. I also like Special K, but no, the answer was Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Oh, CT Crunch. Uh-huh. It's so good. And the milk at the end. Actually, I would I would pay a lot of money for a big box of Cinnamon Toast Crunch right now. Can I ship it to you? Maybe. Yeah, I'll ship it to you. If I have to pay a billion dollars, that's coming out of your, your wallet. But I might take you. you up on that. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll totally you. ship it to you. Yeah. You just dream cool. of it. Yeah, you're probably just thinking in your head like, this is going to be so fucking good. And I hope it doesn't disappoint you when you have it again. Because we've had this conversation recently where it's always like, this was the best thing ever. I can't wait to have it. And then you have it and it's like, hmm. I don't think it can. I mean, you're right. And it's very possible, but I just, I feel like I know the exact taste in my mouth right now. And uh, you literally be. closed your eyes when you were thinking, you're like, I can, I can taste it. I went through, uh, I'm a big, like, um, I don't know if it's obsession or, or what, but I'll go through like phases with foods. And uh, I went through a big phase in college where we were at the dining halls and they, they have all these different food you can eat. They were really good at URI, um, all sorts of hot foods and whatever. But I went through a phase where I would only eat cinnamon toast crunch for dinner for a long time, like a month. That's, that's probably not a good diet. Speaking of uh, what, what, what was that weight you said in college? <laughs> yeah, like that. I like think I found the problem. Yeah, I definitely found the problem. Oh my god! Yeah, I am. Um, 
I don't really go on phases with food. Like I can't like cereal every night. No, but I mean, I just love fucking food. I love going out to a restaurant and getting an absurd dish like a, oh, you know, here's the thing. Here's what I can't deny. So I lied. I can't go in. This isn't a phase, though. It's a lifestyle. Crispy chicken sandwiches. If there's a chicken sandwich on the meal and I'm out to dinner, I'm getting it. I'm a big fan, too. I fuck it. Just chicken cutlets in general, dude. Oh, the cutlets. Chicken cutlet brown gravy. Chicken and waffles with sausage gravy. And I love gravy, dude. That's the problem. That's why I look like this, dude. I love gravy. Chicken parmesan? Oh, yeah. That, that's a good gravy. You know, yeah. for, we're talking Italian. That's good gravy. Oh, is... When you say gravy, are you... Brown gravy. Brown I like... Okay. Oh, yeah. brown gravy. That was like my favorite thing as a kid. My mom was like, sure, you can have it all the time. Thanks, Mom. You were so good. Just a bowl of gravy? <laughs> yeah. But like just chicken chicken cutlets with brown gravy. Oh, when I worked at Marchetti's, they Ooh. had a... I ate a lot of Italian food all the time. Dude, you worked there? I, I think I probably knew that, but I forgot it. But that place, damn, that's some good food. So good. They had a chicken parm brown gravy. <laughs> so it would be like chicken cutlet, Parmesan cheese, and then just a boatload of brown gravy over the top. That sounds great. But uh, what I've gotten, I think this is the only thing I've ever gotten there. I've only gone like three times, but I, I will never get anything else is chicken milanese the chicken mill dude that is the fattest dish of all time i used to get chicken milanese right i would put pasta in it so it would Mm -hmm. mix with that cheese sauce so chicken milanese over pasta add a little bacon oh you can do that for me and sometimes some hot sauce too i'd make a buffalo chicken milanese sounds good oh this turned into a food podcast we are fat kids kyle it did, dude. But yeah, that um, especially Marchetti's, and it's it's so cliche. It's like I don't even want to say it because I I even talked to Steve recently, and and he he went to Marchetti's, and we were both complaining about the same thing. Anytime anybody goes to Marchetti's, they have to be like, oh, the portions are so big, but it's just it's just true. Yeah, it's, it's so fucking big. As a server, and, there, mm. all the time. Oh, oh, that's you, all you hear. You guys really cut down the portions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna need to take this home with me. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna need to put this in a wheelbarrow, huh? Yep, but, sure thing, uh, Bob. But that chicken milanese it's just got so much cheese. It is, yeah, it is the fattest thing. And but just I would so love you it. know, that's not a traditional chicken milanese. If you order a chicken milanese, it's in like a fucking wine sauce. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't even know what milanese is. That's uh, not that. That's not yeah. an Italian milanese. That's the only place on the planet you can get that style of milk. So they just made up a, a code word for this is what the fat guys get. Yeah, it's a chicken mill. Sure. Oh, I do kind of miss being a server, though. Um, I can never go back to it because it sucks. But there are, part, <laughs> there are parts of it where it's just like, you know, just the, the constant interaction with people. You meet a lot of interesting people. A lot of people suck, but you meet a lot of interesting people. Uh, and just like, especially at a place that was as busy as that, just getting fucked up with orders and just getting beat down all day, working so hard, just running around like a psychopath. And at the end of the day, it being over and you just like having a drink with people, you just went through it all with. I do kind of miss that aspect of it. I get it. 
Yeah. yeah. It was, I think it's a, it's an important thing that everyone should do in their life is be a server. I think everyone should have to do I never that. will. No, you like, you do get the people skills you learn about the general public. And that's maybe why I'm so negative towards the general public now though. So maybe, maybe you don't need to do it because now I genuinely, gen generally think the worst of people. I could see, I could see both sides. I could, I could see it sucking so bad, mm -hmm. um, but I, but I could definitely see like the reason why it sucks is because you're busy all the time, and if you're busy all the time, you're kind of out of your head, probably, yeah, for a lot of that, and that's probably like it, probably very freeing, and you feel great afterwards, even though it it kind of sucks in the moment how hard it is because you snap out of it and you're like, oh, I'm back. Mm. What happened the last four hours? Yeah, it's um, it was definitely like a fun. You meet a lot of interesting people, and the other thing that makes it suck too is like that you just deal with awful people. There's a lot of awful people in the world. Entitled people, mm. like it's just ugh. that's 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 the worst part. This is the the dickheads that come in and make your job difficult because they think their shit doesn't stink yeah i've had like i guess the most customer focused job i had is probably cumberland farms that sucked yeah in a way in, in some ways it was all right but that's just like a convenience store where you see hundreds of people a day but um i don't think i got the opportunity for the entitledness stuff to come out as much because you're dealing with people more extended period of time There's, they have more requests their requests are more complicated yeah um and I'm, so I'm responsible for bringing them their dinner. When people go out to dinner, they want to have like a nice time. They're yeah. sitting down. Some people don't want to talk to you. Some people want to talk to you. It's just you're in charge of how nice of a dinner they're going to have. It's kind of true. Because their conversation could be great. They love the people they're with, but I took forever with the food. So now they're pissed off. Or I forgot their appetizer. I just thought of something funny too is like um I don't think I'd do it anymore. Maybe maybe it was like a my family thing, but anytime we went out to dinner, we would always talk about the waiter. We would always be judging them somehow, either positively or negatively. Um oh yeah, so you must I be aware of that too, right? That's probably just uh we don't know what else to talk about. Awkward silence. He's really good, huh? Or you know, what, what's going yes. on? That's like filling the silence. What's the easiest thing to fill it with? Let's talk about this guy. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Yeah. People don't like silence. Yeah. And we've talked the, about the waiter, that a lot too. Just yeah. being out being able to sit with the silence. The waiter makes a good joke, then you're like, oh, that guy's good, huh? Yeah. I like this guy. Yeah. Or or if it or if it bombs, you just hate the guy. You're like, what a dork. Yeah. Good one. Get the fuck out of here. Did you uh were you trying to make jokes? oh yeah it, 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 that depended on like where my head was at like mood wise i would you know if i'm feeling good i'd go to the tables i'd you know bust chops i'd talk i'd try to be that very personable guy but if i was in a mood where i was just like i don't want to talk to people what are, what can i get for you you know just the very i'm here just to get money from you that's all mm. but w would you notice um discrepancies or like would you notice how it would affect your tips being both ways? It depends. Um, more so, tips would be better when I was in those good moods. 
but nothing takes you out of that mood faster than a table you bust your ass with talking to you get to know and then they leave you a shit tip afterwards and they still loved you but they're just cheap pricks how common is that um more common than you think people are cheap 10 percent of people or maybe 15 20 percent so that'll happen like one in five times yeah damn even even sometimes when you put in that extra effort and you think the table loves you and then they still only leave you like 20 percent, it's like i spent a lot of time over here man i thought we had something give me a, wet the beak a little bit you expect more than 20 percent, you son of a bitch when i go above and beyond yeah i'm not giving you 20 percent service baby oh, and there man, are times get... that that's happened too where someone's been like hey here's 100 bucks thank you yeah 100 bucks on a 50 dollar tab it's like oh all right how common is that not i don't have boobs so not not very like <laughs> one in a hundred or more or less less yeah like what about huge tips? boobs i'm sure it happens all the time we're gonna have to bring on someone with experience michelle <laughs> she was i worked with her at marchetti's and applebee's so dude she never told you about that you never asked her she's got a great set of boobs it probably happened often you gotta ask i'd love to hear about that <laughs> i would do you want me to bring her in now i don't know i think she's getting ready to go to therapy that's so. a we're, we're kind of winding down anyway but uh i i am interested seriously yeah so yeah we'll talk about boobs and not boobs in the service industry and see if her tips affected that gotta all right so i think we've been going for an hour i forgot to set the timer but um thank you all for listening this one was all over the place but certainly was in a good way though we turned into a food podcast towards the end i'm hungry yep and let me know about the cinnamon toast crunch because i will send it to you yeah i will thank all you right now I zoom in, I look, stop recording. This is life being bound to love.